helping to secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. This is the Constitution Study on the America Out Loud Network with your host, Paul Engel. If I were searching for a book title to describe the United States today, it would have to be Through the Looking Glass by Lewis Carroll. In his sequel to Alice's Adventures in Wonderland, Alice moves through a mirror into an irrational and illogical world, which pretty much describes DC these days. Legislation does exactly the opposite of what a title infers, and even when the title isn't misleading, the legislation is often redundant or useless. It seems as if the very ideas of right versus wrong, truth versus lie, injustice versus injustice have been turned upside down and inside out. It seems to me not so much that you have to be crazy to run for Congress. They'll train you. Hello there, Everyday Americans. Paul Engel here with the Constitution Study, where we read and study the Constitution, teach the rising generation to be free. I'm glad you could join me today. Now, I want to mention I got a great email the other day um, from a listener. Or I, actually, I don't know if she listened to the program or she found one of my articles, uh, the one talking about Chevron deference. And uh, the reason I liked it was not simply she liked the episode. I mean, it always feels good when someone appreciates your work. But it was it was the, the the back and forth. You know, she talked about needing more constitutional lawyers in, in Congress, to which I said, no, I think we need fewer lawyers in Congress. What we really need are more constitutional scholars, people who actually, you know, read and study the document they swear or affirm to support. She talked about uh, writing legislation to uh, pull back some of the, the uh, uh, overreaches of the United States. I said, I don't need to write laws. The laws already exist. It's called the Constitution of the United States. And, and the reason that got my attention is it reminded me that there are still people out there that are open up to ideas. I'd, I'd recently been uh, interacting with someone via a set of comments, and uh, they weren't interested in ideas. When I offered them an article I had written going into great detail of the topic and including references to where I got my information, this person just wasn't interested. Can't do anything about that. But to me, it, it, it partially describes the, the uh, irrationality of much of our country today. Um, you know, so often people have an idea and they're unwilling to even consider uh, contradictions to that, to look at evidence to the contrary. You know, what Friedrich Bonhoeffer referred to as stupidity. But it was refreshing to have somebody saying, hey, you know, maybe we should do this and, and be open to a conversation, open to a discussion. So uh, I hope that's you, that, that you're also a person. You're here because you want to hear varying points of view. You want to look at what the Constitution actually says and how we apply it to our lives. Take this, for example, uh, as, when it comes to an irrational statement. How many of you believe that the purpose of Congress is to write laws? Well, that's not exactly true. Yes, they have the power to to write legislation, to, to make laws, but that's not their purpose. In other words, we shouldn't be measuring them based on how many laws they write. No, 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 no. Their job, like any other part of government, is to protect our rights, 
to do that, they have the power to make laws necessary and proper. So really, we should be judging them based on how many of their laws are both necessary and proper. In other words, quality over quantity. Take, for example, the House recently passed a $78 billion tax relief bill. It's listed as a bipartisan bill, which in, in D.C. speak means both parties are trying to reach into your pocket and rip you off. Now, the, the Tax Relief for American Families and Workers Act of 2024 was voted for by 169 Republicans and 188 Democrats. So it was, it was, it was passed, the House, 357 to 7. So it, it is truly a bipartisan bill, but um, is it a useful bill? Is it a good bill? Now, apparently this bill was negotiated between the Senate Finance Committee Chairman Ron Wyden and the House Ways and Means Committee Chairman Jason Smith. Now, Wyden's a Democrat and Smith is a Republican. So, yeah, it's a bipartisan attempt to, to rip us off. And it, it, it has some, you know, what they call them tax ducks and child tax credits and all that. But here's things that I find interesting. In a joint statement by Mr. Wyden and Smith, they said, um, 16 million kids from low-income families will be better off as a result of this plan. And given today's miserable political climate, it's a big deal to have this opportunity to pass pro-family policy that helps so many kids get ahead. Well, that very statement alone is questionable. I mean, when has Congress ever, ever got the math right? But I have to ask, um, when you talk about low-income families to be better off, uh, based on what? They, they, uh, Mr. Smith said in a separate statement, uh, American families will benefit from this bipartisan agreement that provides greater tax relief, strengthens Main Street businesses, boosts our comp competitiveness with China, and creates jobs. There's, there's, there's a lot of promises there. I, I wonder how many of those will actually come true. For example, um, Bob Good, the chairman of the House Freedom Caucus, says it massively grows the welfare state by increasing the child tax credit, meaning it's not a, so much a tax break, it's using a tax term to give away welfare. And uh, Susan uh, Delban, she's the chairwoman of the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee, said this would, that the child tax credit expansion would still leave behind millions of kids and families that need it the most. My personal favorite line to this came from Representative Danny Davis, who said that half a loaf is better than none. This isn't even half a loaf, but I'm going to vote for it because our families and businesses need help. And you know what I saw nobody say? The reason our families and businesses need help. They need help because Congress has been spending money like it's monopoly money. We are $34 trillion in debt. We are routinely running almost $2 trillion in deficits every year, driving inflation up, devaluing the dollar, debasing the currency, making things more expensive. And the answer is to do more of this? See what I mean about, you know, they claim it's going to be helpful. No, you're going to spend more money that you don't have to... Um, uh, uh, basically increase the deficit, which is going to increase inflation, which is going to make it even harder for low-income families to make ends meet. 
Now, if this were a pure tax cut, in other words, if you pay taxes, we are collecting less, I'd be less upset with that because history has shown tax cuts actually increase tax revenues. Take a look at the uh, um, the part of the Treasury. You correlate tax cuts, the the um, the Kennedy tax cut, the Reagan tax cut, the Bush tax cut, the Trump tax cut. Each and every one had led have led to increases in revenue to the federal government. But this is not a tax cut. This is welfare. But here's here's what's interesting. So um. Uh, the the bill, one of the things this bill does. So you've got the child tax credit. Um, it, it delays um, R and D costs from the tax. So let, let me rephrase it. Uh, if you're a company and you have uh, research and development costs outside the United States, it delays when you can deduct those tax from uh, those those costs of the taxes. Meaning you're you're you're, you're stretching that point out. And it's supposed to incentivize research and development. There's just one itty-bitty tiny little problem. The federal government isn't authorized to incentivize R&D. They, uh, 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 they can protect things through patents and copyright, but it's not their job to incentivize R&D. That's not one of the three things that they can collect taxes for. Now, there are other things in this tax bill. So it does supposedly give some tax relief to areas affected by a natural disaster, uh, gives a, a state housing credit to low-income families. So once again, simply a, a cash reward. Um, they, they did try to increase the cap on state local tax deductions or SALT, um, but apparently that didn't uh, actually come through. Now, the Heritage Foundation did an analysis, and well, they weren't too thrilled with the the bill, the legislation. They said uh, of the the again tax relief for American Families and Workers Act, ninety one point five percent of the supposed family ben of family benefits are actually welfare, not tax relief. They're cash money, not tax relief. They also mentioned that because that the this legislation is retroactive and temporary. Um, most of the, when it comes to the expensing provisions, there'll be little to no economic growth because of the way it's implemented. It also expects it to to generate another one point hundred. I'm sorry, another hundred fifty five billion in new deficits through fiscal year twenty twenty five. Again, adding upward pressure on inflation and interest, which harms the very people they claim to be wanting to help. See, what we're dealing, what we're seeing is classic DC create a problem. We're borrowing too much money. It's driving up inflation. So rather than fixing the problem driving the inflation, we will spend more money, make it up out of thin air to give to people so that in the short term, it looks like you're doing better, but in nothing flat, that leads to more inflation, which makes things even worse. That's the irrational way DC works. They don't care about the future. They just care about the next election. And if they can go to the to their constituents, see, we brought you uh, tax breaks, even though they're actually welfare, and it's going to cost them in the long run, in interest on the debt, in increased inflation, in more difficult borrowing. But they don't care, because they never see the consequences of their actions. For example, um, how many of you heard that uh, uh, Elon Musk, the man's a billionaire, man. Uh, he's, he's worth a lot of money. Now, apparently, 
he had a a deal for a $56 billion pay package that he, he got from Tesla in 2018. The board put together a pay package. I don't know the details of the package. I just saw that it's reported to be worth $56 billion. Now, apparently there are some people that were not too thrilled with that idea. So they sue. Now, Tesla is incorporated in Delaware, like a lot of companies, because of the um, the, the tax structures in Delaware, a lot of companies incorporate in Delaware. Well, apparently a Delaware judge said that that um, that was unconstitutional, that, that, that somehow that was illegal, unconstitutional. He voided the package. I'm still trying to figure out how. What law was broken by this? Maybe there was, maybe there wasn't, I don't know. In the light of this, um, Elon, Mr. Musk, Put a poll up on Twitter asking, should Tesla move their headquarters? He, by the way, I believe also asked his board. And he said, what we want to do is we want to move our corporation from Delaware to Texas. Now, reportedly on the X poll, more than 80% of the people said, yes, move it to Texas. So now there apparently is a motion before the board to move Tesla's headquarters, to deincorporate from in tech, uh, Delaware and to reincorporate in Texas. Now, why is that important? Well, because the home of the corporation was Delaware, Delaware was collecting taxes. It's a corporation. It makes money in the U.S. Anything that ends up in Delaware, they pay Delaware taxes. That money would now go to Texas. Now, I don't know about you, but if you lived in, oh, by the way, not only will that move, but they'll probably move headquarters, which means they'll probably move jobs from Delaware to Texas. Now, this was not an act of their legislature. This was an act of a judge. And again, I don't know if it was based on any actual law. That law would have been passed by the, the Delaware legislature. But there are consequences for the action. But when you see the population, migrating from places like California, New York, to places like Texas, Tennessee, and Florida, well, there's a clue. And the question is, you know, when you see a, a company like Tesla that says, fine, we're done with Delaware, we're going to move to Texas, you have a choice. You can either try to build a wall to prevent them from leaving, I mean a metaphorical wall, like you know, like California's trying to do, where they're trying to tax people who no longer reside in California because they moved because of the taxes. Or you could do things like Texas did and said, hey, how about we make ourselves more friendly to business, more reasons for people to come into our state rather than remain where they are or move somewhere else. You see, there's a cost to making such decisions, to, to throwing rationality and reason out the window. We've seen it in D.C. By the way, we saw it uh, in, in COVID, where we took the, we looked at the threat of COVID, 0.06% overall death rate from COVID, into the irrational response of, let's try a, a vaccine that was not never properly tested, never tested to see if it worked, wasn't properly tested to see if it was safe, bypassed all the rules and regulations for a disease that was about as dangerous as the flu. 
And because of that, we're dealing with a lot of consequences, including that nasty little spike protein. See, there's now evidence that if you've got, if you got the shot, not only do you still have spike protein, you shed spike proteins. That, that COVID keeps going on, that this toxic inflammatory protein still exists in your body. And what can we do? Well, the great people at the wellness company, they've come up with a, with a solution. They call it spike support, daily spike support. And you can take it either to prevent uh, catching the, the spike protein or just to protect against the, vac the effects of the vaccine shedding and even COVID. It, it includes natural products designed to protect your body. It's manufactured right here in the United States. It's backed by documented research and it's vetted by the chief medical board of the wellness company. Now, you can get the spike support or any of the wellness company's products for 25% off. See, because you're an America Out Loud listener, there's a code. Use the code out loud. You get 25% off the products. Oh, and you also get 25% off your first month of membership. Find all the details at americaoutloud.shop. But please go to the wellness company, check it out. Our own Dr. Peter McCullough is involved in this. And I, I've talked to him. He says it's a great business to do, to great place to do business with. But be sure to find out the details about the code to get 25% off your products and off your first month of membership at the wellness company. You've all heard Dr. McCullough and others share over and over the value of keeping your sinuses cleansed. It's a smart move all year, but even more so when we're cooped up inside. It's not really open for debate any longer. Those that live smart and live well pay attention to nasal and oral hygiene. Cofix RX has just the tools for the job with our nasal and throat cleanse. Click the Cofix RX banner on AmericaOutloud.shop to get 20% off your entire order. That's right, AmericaOutloud.shop. Use coupon code OUTLOUD. That's coupon code OUTLOUD for 20% off your entire order. Use Cofix RX because it works. Asiya believes that inside each of us is the potential to feel and be our very best. Our customers will tell you how our products have made a difference for them. From improving immune health, regulating hormone balance, supporting gut health, to soothing the skin, even reducing the appearance of wrinkles, fine lines, and cellulite, and providing targeted support for mind, mood, energy, and even our body's own production of collagen. Make our breakthrough products an essential step in becoming your best self and fulfilling your greatest potential. ASEA, we power potential. For exclusive savings, use code OUTLOUD to save 15% off your first order today. The buildup of spike proteins is dangerous to your health. Global Healing's Foreign Protein Cleanse detoxes your body, removing the spike proteins, allowing your body to repair from within. Formulated by Dr. Edward Group and by Dr. Brian Artis, Foreign Protein Cleanse targets and detoxes spike proteins in the body. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. Welcome back, Everyday Americans. You've rejoined the Constitution Study. Today, we are going through the looking glass to the insanity that is 
the United States and its government and its craziness. How many of you remember the, the January 6th committee? You know, the, the kangaroo court, the, uh, the public flogging of a message that, for the most part, wasn't true. Well, interestingly enough, uh, PBS has published a documentary called Democracy on Trial. Now, I don't think it's intended to do so, but as we, as I've been seeing, I've been seeing some clips from it, and um, basically, we're watching committee members admit that this whole thing was a publicity stunt. Listen to a little bit of, of, the, docu of the audio from the documentary. Thompson's committee had gathered a trove of information the challenge, what to do with it. The one thing that we knew was the information that we have is compelling. The thing we needed to do was tell that to the American people in a compelling way. So that's why we brought in a former president of ABC News. Yeah, I got a call pretty much out of the blue um, from the January 6th committee. They wanted, they wanted a storyteller. And while they were brilliant, they were brilliant lawyers. Storytelling for a mass audience is not what they do. So here we have uh, Adam Kensinger, Representative Kensinger from Illinois, uh, a Republican from Illinois, saying, we have this information, we need a storyteller. Which I find interesting. They go to a president of a news division to tell a story. In other words, it's not about the facts and data. It's about how we present it. Now, there is a presentation is a large part of how you can use uh, facts and data. Um, but listen to how they went about it. To bring in a guy like this who would think outside the box really did prove to be fruitful. And it was Goldston who really began to envision this as, in a way, a kind of mini-series, that there would be you know, sort of nine episodes and that these episodes would tackle particular themes. Attack on the Capitol. The investigation. The first hearing was primetime television. As the nation is about to witness a defining moment, the first hearing before the country, the results of the January 6th investigation. This is an extraordinary moment in American history. So they're admitting that, that the, the hearings were not simply open to the public, not publicly visible. These were produced television skits. These were television news hits. And you can hear the way they frame the story. Listen to the music. Uh, you know, the Capitol attacked an investigation. It's all about setting a mood, setting a stage for this. Hardly the scenario for a free and open discussion and investigation into the facts and details of, a, of an incident. When it came to that first hearing, we knew how high the stakes were. Is about to hold its first prime time hearing. We were either gonna, you know, make people realize that this was important, you know, or once once you've lost them, you've you've lost them for good. We were either going to make people realize this was important, or we've lost them. Make people realize. Do you see this is this is pure propaganda. The select committee to investigate the January 6th attack on a United States Capitol will be in order. Without objection. We wanted to make sure that this was a presentation that would grab the audience and hold on to them. Chairman Thompson loved to say, it's got to pop. 
this it was not an investigation. This was not a hearing. This was a primetime show. It was scripted. It was produced. And it claimed to be an open and transparent and fair investigation, which it was anything but. I want you to think about that. I want you to think about here we have arguably a defining moment in American history. You have a questionable presidential election. You have a group demonstrating about that. This is not the first time a group have demonstrated outside the Capitol. Um, yes, people entered the Capitol, but uh, uh, this is, as a, as a scale of what was going on, this was not the violent uprising that was being told by the, uh, uh, by the people. Yes, there was violence, and those people should be charged, and they should have their day in court, and if they're found guilty, they should be punished. But that's not what you're seeing here. You're seeing a, a, an intentional focus on a small aspect of the event to the disregard of everything else. It, it's the same as, you know, when, when you had, like, the, the Black Lives Matter and the, the um, uh, Antifa riots, look at what percentage of the people involved were rioting. How much time was spent rioting? It's, it's, it's interesting, right? Because with the Black Lives Matters, as I understand it, most of them during the day were relatively peaceful protesters. At night, they turned into rioters. How many of them were in both camps? I do not know because we never bothered to look at it. We either said these people are, are pure as wind-driven snow and can do nothing wrong, or they're evil. But the problem is that we never dealt with the crime and the evil. And here we have the January 6th Committee, whose purpose is, let's face it, it's political. It is designed to paint a political picture so that the Democratic candidates will win and, and the Republicans, especially Donald Trump, will lose. But if you think this, was, this is the only theater going on on Capitol Hill, oh, you are far, far, far from wrong. For example, um, the, the, I believe the House recently passed legislation, the purpose of which is to, um, if, you, if you're charged with DUI and in the U.S. illegally, you're automatically eligible for deportation. And, and by the way, permanent in, in, uh, inadmissibility. Right? This is showmanship. This is nothing but a show. Representative Barry Moore, um, when he introduced the bill, told, uh, I guess it was being interviewed by Fox News Digital, he said, in the United States, someone dies in a crash with an impaired driver every 45 minutes. I lost two of my young newlywed constituents to an illegal immigrant driving under the influence of alcohol. See how he's, he, oh, look at this. We have to do something because I know two people in my constituency died. And it was, it was you know, young, newly one couple. Let's paint the picture of how evil this is. Now, listen, drunk driving is bad. And I believe drunk drivers deserve to be punished to the extent of the law. And if you kill somebody, that's at least manslaughter, right? It's not murder because it wasn't intentional. And I'm not a lawyer, so I don't know all the details. But it's at least manslaughter. But here's the problem. We're not dealing with the drunk driver because they're not saying, listen, um, by the way, because the United States has no authority over impaired driving. Let me say it again. 
Driving while intoxicated is not, a, is not something that's to be regulated by the federal government. The Constitution does not give the federal government the authority to regulate traffic laws, only to regulate post roads, which they pretty much gave up when they started using all roads as post roads. But that's, you could maybe say the interstate uh, highway system, but even that is a bit of a stretch. But look at what it does. See, if you are charged with a DUI, I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, we have this little thing called uh, uh, the Constitution, and you are innocent until you're proven guilty, even if you're in the country illegally. The Sixth Amendment says in all criminal, um, yeah, all criminal prosecutions, the accused shall enjoy the right to a speedy and public trial by an impartial jury of the state and district wherein the crime shall have been committed, which district shall have been previously ascertained by law, and to be informed of the nature and cause of accusation, to be confronted with witnesses against him, to have compulsory process to for obtaining witnesses in his favor, and to have the existence of counsel for his defense. It doesn't say, oh, by the way, you can be thrown out of the country simply on an accusation. But also, again, notice, what good is this going to do? So now you have a, a, uh, uh, an illegal alien who is now eligible for deportation. Well, he was eligible for deportation when he entered the country illegally. And as I talked previously, and it, part of it, uh, uh, listen to the program I did on uh, the impeachment of Secretary Mayorkas. If you are here illegally, even though you are you are eligible for deportation, it's almost impossible to actually get them deported because the federal government's not enforcing the laws to begin with. There are millions of people in this country that are eligible for deportation that are still living here in this country. Some of them with federal protection against deportation. Not because they have legal protection, but because the federal government under the Biden administration has refused done everything they do to slow and stop deportations in many cases. So this is another, it, it's theater. We're not dealing with, with the question of, of drunk drivers. We're not really dealing with the problem of people here illegally. We're taking a situation, a sad situation, in this case, uh, Mr. Moore's newlywed couple, and um, fanning the flames so that we can pass legislation so that Congress looks like it's doing something when it's actually doing nothing. It's doing all, maybe in a few small cases, this might make a difference. But you know what? This is, ju this is just theater. This is theater to make, it, to make the, the House and especially the Republicans look like they're tough on crime when all they're really doing is, you know, shuffling deck chairs on the Titanic. This is not going to stop one illegal alien from entering the country. This is not going to deport one. Uh, if it deports more than a handful of additional uh, uh, aliens from this country, I would be amazed. And it does absolutely nothing to deal with the, the what Mr. Moore says is most important. This newlywed couple that is dead because of a drunk driver. How many newlywed couples are dead because of drunk drivers that are not illegal aliens? I don't know. But this is all about the show and nothing about the go. Now, I have to admit, it is a rare time for me to agree with Representative Jayapal, but this is one of them. Listen to her speech on the floor regarding this legislation. I rise in strong opposition to H.R. 6976, 
Once again, the majority is wasting our time by putting forward a piece of legislation that has zero chance of becoming law and that is extraordinarily broad. No one condones driving under the influence. We should do everything we can to prevent people from getting behind the wheel while intoxicated. But this bill, designed to scapegoat and denigrate immigrants, will not solve the serious problem of DUIs. I disagree that the purpose of this legislation is to denigrate uh, uh, people who are here illegally. What it is, I said, it's a show to show to uh, uh, show off the state of the border and and the the the, the damage that has been done by its its openness. But uh, yeah, this is this legislation is about it's about a show. It's it's not about dealing with actual. Uh, uh, safety issues and health issues. She goes on. Public safety threats, including those who have been convicted of serious DUI offenses, are already inadmissible and removable under the Immigration and Nationality Act, and this bill would not change or enhance that. And she's right. Yeah, I didn't realize, but already under the Immigration Nationality Nationalization Act, Naturalization Act, it someone who was convicted of, she said, serious uh, uh, DUIs would already be deportable. Now, she goes on to give examples of people who, you know, uh, well, maybe if you, you know, if a state had you, if you were convicted of a misdemeanor uh, DUI, then this would make you deportable. How some states have some truly ridiculous laws about about uh, driving under the influence, including, um, I guess, in Arizona, you can be arrested for DUI for being intoxicated walls parked in your driveway with the engine off if the keys are in the ignition i mean stuff like that she she shows off on some of that but just when i was like all right yeah i'm i'm with you she closed with uh, another one of her you know oh stop calling people illegal people are not illegal if you break the law that's illegal <laughs> she calls them undocumented. Well, it's illegal. It's a violation of the law to come in here without documentation. That's illegal. Uh, so, uh, again, this is just another example of the the show, the farce. You went through the looking glass and, oh, look at what's going on. And aren't we great? Aren't we wonderful? It's a show. And it's a show to get reelected. And it has little, if anything, with actually supporting or defending the Constitution of the United States, much less passing legislation that is both necessary and proper to the powers delegated to Congress and to the United States. And for everyone out there who's all bent out of shape that I agreed with she did to, with uh, Ms. Jayapal, remember, we're here about the truth, not about political parties. And the truth is, most of her argument is quite salient and it's quite constitutional. It's quite it's quite accurate. Now, there's still more going on in the House, but before I go there, I have to take a break. Before I do, um, where do you get your information? Where do you go to get news and and data that you can both use and uh, learn from? Well, one place I recommend AmericaOutloud.news. I go there every day. I have a whole list of sites that feed me news. And one of them, yes, is AmericaOutloud.news. I get great stories and articles, people that describe events in ways I hadn't thought of, uh, maybe videos with, with facts and data that I can see that, that 
teach me something I didn't know before. And it's a great resource for that purpose. It's why I recommend you join me. But we keep hearing this phrase, you know, knowledge is power, knowledge is power. I've heard all my life. It's not true. Knowledge is only power when it's put into action. So if you go to AmericaOutloud.news, thank you. It's great. I appreciate that. But that's not power. That's knowledge. If you want that knowledge to become power, you must do your part. What is that? Sharing. Take the stories, the articles, the podcasts, the videos, things that informed you, things that educated you, things that you just plain found funny or interesting, and share them. Share them with friends, share them with family, share them on social media. I don't care how far, I don't care how wide. It is the act of sharing. It's that act of taking your knowledge and turning it into action that is the power that will help us all secure the blessings of liberty. When God, through His grace and mercy, gave us free will, the will of the people was to live freely. To that end, we fight for the liberty of all at a time when global tyranny threatens us as never before in mankind's history. This vision is manifest at AmericaOutloud.news, a site for all who cherish free will and freedom. Now is our time, my fellow Americans. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger, but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. Trouble concentrating or recalling information is frustrating, embarrassing, and kills productivity. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created Focus and Recall to boost your brain power. And unlike other supplements that don't work, Focus and Recall is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients to help you immediately sharpen focus and strengthen recall. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order, risk-free. Love it or your money back, guaranteed. HealthyCell.com, code OUTLOUD. Loud. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Be a part of a revolutionary new healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interests of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. Welcome back, Everyday Americans. You've rejoined the Constitution Study. and As I mentioned before going to break, there's another controversy working its way through the House that we probably ought to take a look at. I, I talked before about... Uh, 
a recent speech by uh, Representative Elon Omar, and uh, it was pretty um, un-American. <laughs> she basically, if the translations are correct, and that's actually becoming a question, she claimed that she was supporting, that, that her position was the United States needed to support Somalia, not itself. In other words, put Somalia's interests first, not their own. Um, that, you know, the United States was there to do Somalia's bidding, and there was a lot there. Well, needless to say, this generated a fair amount of angst, uh, especially among the Republicans in the uh, in the House, and it didn't take very long for Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene to introduce a resolution to censure Elon Omar. You may remember she's already been removed from the House Foreign Affairs Committee over a previous censure. Um, but I say that because part of the problem is there's now, I guess, some debate over the accuracy of the translation. She, she was speaking in a foreign tongue. I believe it was Arabic, but I'm not sure. And there have been some questions raised about the accuracy of the translation that was used on the video that went viral. Uh, get very important, right? The translation of words is not easy. There's uh, a, a lot to it. I mean, if 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 it is accurate, when she said uh, that the U.S. government will only do what Somalians in the U.S. tell them to do, they will do what we want and nothing else. They must follow our orders, and that is how we will safeguard the interests of Somalia. That's quite a statement. Now, so that's not exactly where I was going for. It's this censure. Now, here's the question that I have, and it goes back to my earlier discussion on, on the, the speech, and that is, is Ms. Omar accurately representing the people she represents in this, in this speech? Because if she is, well, then if you censure her, doesn't change anything. If you remove her from, from the House, They'll just elect someone else that has the very same attitude. Um, that's something we need to to consider because um, a lot of this is dealing with uh, the integration, the melting pot that we used to be for immigrants. You know, immigrants used to come to America and not lose their identity, but meld their identity as part of the melting pot. Right, you. You, you, sure, you had your little Italys and you had your Chinatowns and little Koreas and, and little enclaves throughout a lot of large cities. But they still held the same basic understanding of you know, truth, justice in the American way. And what we're seeing is uh, these enclaves not melting in, but remaining isolated and, and unique. And the, that brings in the question of are we bringing immigrants into enhance America, or are they being brought in to divide America? This gets to a lot of the questions about immigration. When we talk about immigration law, uh, what is the purpose of immigration law? What are the, when you look at it specific immigration, what is its, its purpose? Is it to enhance America? Is it to bring in workers for America? Is it bring in intelligentsia for America? Is it you know, we would think that the primary question is, what does this do for America? Including, by the way, 
our, our character as, as humanitarians and wanting to protect people who are being abused. That's one possibility. We need to think about this. Now, obviously, one of the areas that this becomes extremely important is, well, American security. So uh, uh, Tom McClintock introduced uh, H.R. 6679, which is titled the No Immigration Benefits for Hamas Terrorists. Sounds pretty straightforward. The bill says any alien who carried out, participated in, planned, financed, afforded material support to, or otherwise facilitated any of the attacks against Israel initiated by Hamas beginning on October 7, 2023, is inadmissible. Uh, furthermore, the, the bill says any alien who carried out, participated in, planned, financed, afforded material support to, or otherwise facilitated any of the attacks against Israel initiated by Hamas beginning October 7, 2023, shall be ineligible for any relief under the immigration laws. Okay, again, pretty straightforward. I haven't read the whole bill, but it basically says, listen, if you if you if you gave some material support, I don't mean you stood up and said yay for Hamas. You gave them money. You you carried out acts. You gave them material support. You facilitated the attacks on October 7th and, and since. Then you are ineligible to remain in the United States. You're ineligible for any relief under our immigration laws. Now, you would think, okay, this seems like a fairly straightforward bill. But again, we're dealing with Israel. And nothing with Israel ever seems to be simple, which is why the bill passed 422 to 2 with one uh, voting present. And, and six members who, well, they did not vote. Now, it probably shouldn't surprise you too much that uh, the, the two who voted against and the one who voted present were members of what are known as the squad. Now, uh, Ilan Omar and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, they're the two that voted against the, uh, this bill. Um, but Cori Bush and Rashida Tlaib, um, apparently they didn't vote. But Ms. Tlaib did refer to the measure as four hateful anti-immigrant bills. Uh, she said, uh, quote, H.R. 6679 is unnecessary because it is redundant with already existing federal law. It's just another GOP messaging bill being used to incite anti-Arab, anti-Palestinian, and anti-Muslim hatred that makes communities like ours unsafe. Now, a lot has been said about the, uh, the squad and their reaction to this particular bill. Um, you know, similar to the, we talked about uh, uh, Representative Jayapal and uh, one of the other bills, the bill about uh, DUIs. Um, if you're an illegal alien and you're convicted of DUI, you get added to the deportation list. But I found this, this by the way, not surprising at all because this bill says nothing about a person's nationality. It says, listen, if you participated in, in, in a foreign um, attack, you're ineligible. Now, I've got a couple of thoughts about this. First of all, really, should we be, uh, the question, should we be judging our immigration laws based on actions in another country? Is this a question simply of, well, 
these are terrorists, therefore we don't want terrorists in this country. That's, I believe, a debate that we should be having. Um, our, our, again, it doesn't mark all Hamas. So it's not even a, a question of saying, well, Hamas, we've designated them a terrorist organization, therefore you're not eligible, or maybe they already are. I don't know. But it's a lot of theater. It's a lot of, you know, hey, let's just look like we're doing something or is there a hole in our immigration law? Now, part of the problem is U.S. law has grown so large because they spend so much time focusing on what they're not authorized to do that I don't know. I don't have, you'd have to have a lawyer that specializes in immigration law really to have much of a chance to find out if um, if what Ms. Talib said is true, that this is, uh, unnecessary, that's redundant. Um, I go back to the, to the point then, if it's redundant, then why aren't we following it? See, it's not the presence of laws that keep us safe. It's the enforcement of laws that keep us safe. And part of that enforcement is, well, law enforcement. And I bring that up because uh, recently, uh, Director of the FBI, Ray, uh, he was up on Capitol Hill. He was uh, once again. Uh, he was he was in front of a, a Senate uh, a Senate hearing, and he was asked this question, and he gave this answer. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Director Ray, uh, could you assure the American public today that no nonviolent protester about a ceasefire of the Middle East will be investigated or surveilled by the FBI? We are not going to be investigating nonviolent First Amendment activity. And could you just assure whatever their position is on the Middle East or the 2024 election, if there is an American who's out there engaged in expressing their view, whether that is for a ceasefire or whatever that is, the FBI is not going to be investigating them or surveilling them. Correct. Our mission is to protect the American people and uphold the Constitution, and we intend to do both. We embrace both parts of that mission. In our view, it doesn't matter what you're ticked off about or who you're ticked off at. There's a right way under the First Amendment to exercise those views, and we're going to help protect that. And there's a wrong way to exercise those views, and that's violence and threats, and we are going to investigate that. I appreciate your saying that because I think it, I share your view that the First Amendment and peaceful protest is at the heart of our democracy. Now, I find that very interesting because at pretty much the same time, there were uh, protesters blocking five major roadways in D.C. They were rallying at Union Station, and um, they were disrupting business. They 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 were stopping business. They're actually chanting, "No business as usual. Shut it down." And again, this is D.C., meaning it's a federal city. But Mr. Ray's FBI didn't appear to be doing anything. By the way, the same FBI that has been investigating people who merely were at the Capitol on this January sixth, twenty twenty one, or possibly who flew into the Capitol on January 6, 2021. The, the same FBI that has been doing armed raids uh, on people for demonstrating outside of, of uh, um, abortion centers, 
Remember just the other day in, in Nashville, six people were convicted of uh, violating the FACE Act, the, um, was it uh, access to, to um, abortion centers law? Uh, even though they were not violent, when they were asked to move out of the doorway, they moved. Granted, that's the DO, that, you know, that, that's not necessarily, the F, I'm sure the FBI did some investigating. It's the FBI, the very same FBI, that tagged people for being traditional Roman Catholics. You see what I mean about through the looking glass? Because here you have a senator. I'm glad to hear you say that. I'm wondering, did he follow up with, uh, but sir, why are you harassing January 6th protesters who protested peacefully? The ones who protested peacefully. Not the ones that broke into the Capitol. The ones who protested peacefully or who were peacefully protesting outside of abortion. Why are you harassing them? Why are you harassing parents that were loud but peaceful they weren't violent protesting at at um school boards or going after traditional roman catholics flagging them as potential violent extremists because they hold a a doctrine see asking the question means nothing if you don't follow up with what's actually going on with some real fact factual and truthful information it's one of the reasons why I keep bringing these up here at the Constitution study. It's not simply that uh, it's important. I want us to be thinking about these things. I want us to get the rest of the story. I don't always have the rest of the story. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I don't. But I try to give you a source. It's one of the reasons why I ask you to go to AmericaOutloud.news every day to get other pieces of information. It's why I ask you to go to the website, constitutionstudy.com, because in addition to the articles that I write, I'm picking out news stories that I find interesting, and I'm posting them there. And if you enjoy that, I'm setting up what I call my daily news digest. You can actually, if you don't want to go visit the website, you can have a list of the news articles I picked out for that day. I caught my attention that day and have them sent to you via email to read at your own convenience. It's about sharing information and then hopefully doing something about it. Because if Director Ray can flat out lie in front of Congress again and again and again without consequence, what good is it? I had someone post a comment on one of my posts saying how, you know, uh, about the impeachment of, of Secretary Mayorkas. It just doesn't mean anything. Even if they get rid of him, the, um, the agency will just keep going along the way it's always been going. My response was the quote from John Quincy Adams. When asked, after 17 years of losing his fight to end the slave trade in the House, his fight in the House to lose the slave trade, he was asked why he kept fighting, and his response was, Duty is ours. Results are God's. I think we have to get away from this mindset of we'll only do it if we, we have a good chance of winning. I think we call this out because it's the right thing to do. We say what needs to be said because it's the right thing to do. And if we win, great. If we lose, we just keep fighting because it is the right thing to do. Recognize when you're dealing with DC, you've gone through the looking glass. Maybe you should look at things 
from that standpoint. Expect irrationality. Expect things to make no sense. Because I honestly think if a sane person were to look at DC and have it make sense, their head would explode. I know mine metaphorically explodes when I look at and have to deal with some of this nonsense. But I do it because it's important to me, because it's important to the future my daughter is inheriting. I do it because it's important to make sure there are other people that are aware of what's going on, and maybe some will join me and maybe they won't. But I've done my part. I've I've said the words. I've made the stand. It's up to others maybe to complete the solution. And if it's something you like, if you like what you hear here, if you like the stands I'm taking, well, I hope you come back and join us for the Constitution Study every weekday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time on America Out Loud Talk Radio, heard on the iHeartRadio Network. If you can't listen then, all my episodes go to podcasts generally a day or two after they're heard on the radio, so you can listen in your favorite podcast app. But I ask, subscribe to the show. Leave the episode's ratings and reviews, especially on Apple. It helps to spread the word. It helps other people find the Constitution Study as well. Find all the links you need at the homepage at americaoutloud.news. But please, share this information. As I said before, knowledge is not power until it is put into action. It is the act of sharing these links and this information that is the sharing of the blessing of liberty. Liberty. 